Welcome once again, Suns fans, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. My name is John. I am the host of the Suns Jam Session, and I am joined by my co-host, as per usual, Mr. Matthew Lissie. How are you doing, amigo? I'm doing good, John. How are you? Doing very well. Excited to be podding it up again. Me too. It's, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been weird, you know, because we've just been doing the weekly pods. Uh, I'm looking forward to going back to at least bi-weekly pods here pretty, pretty darn soon. Not Pretty only, soon, yeah. yeah. Not only just for us, but for our Jamster listeners as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, I think there's going to be a lot more to talk about. But just, just at first, what I want to say is, when we do join the pod, and when we say, "Hey, how are you doing?" We actually—that's the first time we actually ask each other how we're doing. <laughs> yeah, you know, because we get on here, we just sit there, we're like, uh, "So how's Call of Duty and stuff like that?" We don't actually ask how we're doing until <laughs> just so people know that. So truly, how are you that. doing? <laughs> I'm doing really good. Well, I'm good. Yeah. We're recording this on Sunday. Uh, I truly am doing okay myself. Thank you for asking. I uh, long work week. Good to be back at work. A lot of things to figure out, uh, but definitely ready to pot it up and excited because to your point, I mean, we're going to have plenty to talk about the fact that we've made it this far through a quarantine podcasting about the Phoenix suns, a team that yeah. hasn't made the playoffs in over 10 years. And we've done them pretty much three times a week. It's pretty impressive. I'm impressed. Yeah. It it was a lot of work. There's a lot of times it's kind of like you don't feel like it because, you know, you just don't have the same – even when the Suns were losing, at least we got to watch them play. And we had, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times when we'd get on the pod, we were steaming and stuff. But it was a reason to get on the mic and a reason to actually pod – uh, it's been kind of just forceful where we're just, you know, it's kind of like you kind of got to go to work a little bit to where you still enjoy it. It's just like, you got to do it because this is what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And this is what we like to do, but it's kind of been us trying to just like kind of force ourselves to get on and do it. Well, yeah, it's just finding creative content. And now yeah. that the NBA has officially announced that it's coming back July 31st, we have a new hope. It's like star Wars. NBA, A New Hope. So that's what I'm actually going to name this uh, podcast. This episode will be A New Hope. So leading up to that, we'll have plenty to talk about. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a couple other subjects. Then we'll hit our mailbag as well. So don't forget to subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. It's where you can get all your fantastic Suns content, especially like that last podcast that Fanning the Flames put out there, the Megapod that included us, Fanning the Flames, Dave King from the Solar Panel, and then 40 of our closest Suns fans friends. Suns fans friends. Friends, friends, friends. <laughs> friends, friends, friends. It, was, uh, it was a lot. It was fun. Uh, if you haven't listened yeah. to that one, make sure you go and listen to that. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can email the show, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida with Matthew. And Matthew Lucy. Yeah, Matthew Lucy. There you go. So it's time <laughs> to talk about that new hope. And I'm going to crack open this new beer. I thought you weren't drinking. I'm just joking. You're right. <laughs> Dude, I've been putting away like two or three beers a night recently. Oh, man. You know? I had to stop. I was getting like migraines and shit. So I was like, I got to stop. So really? you're lucky you can do that. I can't do that. Yeah, it's just it's not good for you having like <clears throat> two a night. But I mean, yeah. Still, I'm just like I just want something. You don't even. It's That's not like true. you get drunk off it or anything. You know, just something to like tweak on, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just like.
All right, Matthew, the NBA is back, baby. We finally know when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. Super yes. exciting news. We talked about the bright side of the sun, Megapod, the other night. And now it's our turn to just kind of fine-tune our thoughts yeah. on it. But super exciting, right, man? Yeah, it is. Except for eight teams and their fan bases. It kind of sucks for them. That's the only like bad way I can look at it. Um, I know like Brian Windhorst was on there on ESPN talking about the disadvantages and stuff. But come on, we got NBA back. Like, why are you like, what is like, how can you take this as a negative in a way? Unless you're those other eight teams and the fans, like they don't have a chance to play, which kind of sucks for them. Cause I would love to see like Trey Young play again, but I have to wait till mm-hmm. next year, which actually isn't even that far away. It's going to be in December. Uh, that's actually kind of what I'm more excited about for some reason is this tournament, of course, but just picking up the season in December to where it's going to be like, a full year just basketball now after we have to wait another month and a half or two months. Yeah. And I mean, you think about it, if the Suns didn't get in, how would you feel right now? Uh, I would feel the same because I, I honestly didn't think they would get in. I was going into this whole thing where I thought our season was over. So I feel exactly the way I was feeling before a little bit more excited because I get to watch the Suns now, of course, but I would have felt the same way. What about you? Uh, much of the same. I think that if the Suns didn't make it into this 22-team format, that it would have been unfortunate, but it would have been expected. Yeah. So with the Suns getting in there, it, to me, it's unexpected. Therefore, it's fantastic. I feel, you know, I think it's awesome. Do you like the format? I do. I think it was uh, very well thought out. Uh, I don't think anybody really had this idea. I know there was a lot of ideas thrown around of how they would come back with the NBA. Uh, the play-in tournament, of course, is something that's going to be a part of it, but the whole eight teams, and they took the best 22 teams out of the whole NBA instead of just taking you know half and half out of each conference, that was a good idea. I thought it was well-deserved and something that might involve into next year maybe just doing a playoff format the same way where it's just the, the best 16 teams. So that's a great experiment that they can, that they have at hand. I, I'm not sure how much of a fan of the format I really am. I, it's awesome because obviously you get those extra teams in there. They have an opportunity to play, but in all honesty, I think it's built out as just kind of like, Hey, these teams on the bottom, these are the punching bags to get everybody ready to go for the playoffs themselves, which isn't a bad thing. It's just, it is what it is. I mean, call a spade a spade. I think that, how many different things did we talk about as far as predictions of the format, how it's going to go. And then it just comes down to this. And you talk about like the play in tournament, the play in tournament only really like happens if there's teams that are within four games of that eight seed. So there's going to, there's going to be a couple, you know, little tournament games, which will be fun and engaging, but all it's going to do is tire out that eight seed. So the Lakers can sit there and just, you know, feast their chops on it. Yeah. It, it, this is funny though too because we didn't have the nba and now we, we just wanted it back any way we could and now we do and now we're like nitpicking and stuff of which course is, of you course. know what i mean that's the way we that's the way we do it um but it, it just it goes to show i think the nba really took matters into their own hand and they came up with something qu- rather quickly i didn't think it would come out this quickly i didn't think they would actually start till maybe october even the next season which would be december uh, so that's that's the part I'm most excited about because we have we get to watch uh, NBA franchise be part of something big and something that's you know part of um, a culture that really is kind of taking the lead from the NFL. Uh, you kind of saw in the past few weeks where it's been happening where the NBA and the commissioner Adam Silver have 
gone the extra step to kind of be the leader. And it's even with the whole um, NFL, um, you know, their whole stance on Kaepernick kneeling and how now they're mm. kind of going back on that and how the NBA has always been for it. And, you know, now it's just like this is the chance for the NBA really to take over, I think, especially worldwide, which they already kind of are, but here in the U.S. to be the forefront. I think you're spot on with that, man. I mean, the NFL, you never really kind of know where you stand. You know that the players are pretty much held at hostage by the owners. They are. They, if they, they are, take yeah. a season off – I mean, if you're a running back, you might get three seasons in the NFL. You don't want to give up a season in your prime. Based on the way that their contracts work and things of that nature, it doesn't benefit the players to actually hold out and strike. So at the end of the day, they're always going to bend and flex with the owners. Whereas the NBA, it's always been, for the most part, an organization, an association that works together. And you have a good idea of what their stance is collectively. There's no flip-flopping because the Drew Brees thing this week – I mean, Drew Brees was talking about, you know, I don't respect anybody who doesn't, who doesn't kneel or doesn't stand during the national anthem. It goes back to the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. And then there's infighting in the NFL, okay? I'm not going to say who's right. I'm not going to say who's wrong. It's all, uh, you know, your own personal perspective. The NBA has always been kind of this – you know where they stood. They've always stood in the same spot. You know, if they want to wear black like the Clippers did in that one season to, you know, kind of defy their owner – that no one was penalized for that. You know, I mean, they're allowed to have a platform to make their statements. And Adam Silver has really done a fantastic job kind of leading the way on that. So I think that the NBA, there's still some people out there, for, you know, who will gravitate towards the NFL just because in their eyes, it's a more fun game to watch. I disagree. I think basketball is the funnest game to watch. Going to a basketball game is, is such a fun experience. Football is great because you only get 16 games, and then if you're lucky enough, your team makes the playoffs. And it's an event, but basketball is just a fun game, man. I absolutely love it, and I'm so excited that it's coming back. Uh, to your point, though, we will nitpick because that's what we do. So I'll nitpick the creativity. I think that the, NA, in, the NHL did a much better job of being creative in what they're doing. They're doing like a five-game qualifying round, 24-teamer, and then from there they're doing – seven game series and what I think is really interesting what they're doing so you don't have like flukes is after each round they reseed so let's say that the coyotes are the 11th seed and they play the five seed and they upset them so in a normal tournament they'd end up getting the winner of whoever uh the the 10-4 matchup I think whatever it comes out to in this, in the uh, NHL's format, they're going to reseed, so the lowest seed will always have to take on the highest seed and continue going that way. And I just think it's super creative. And the new format, although it's doing what it needs to do, and I support it, I just I thought we'd get a little more creative on something. Man, we had like an entire podcast <laughs> on how we would redo the league, and we weren't even close. No, we weren't, but it, it definitely is changing, though. There's a lot of changes you would never think would ever happen, I don't think, with any professional sports. You would just assume everything's going to stay the same for the next 50 to 100 years. So <laughs> <laughs> They need you to know. make the rim 11 feet tall. Yeah. Uh, do you think that this format's going to add validity to whoever the NBA champion is? Honestly, I don't. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I can just see whoever wins. It's always going to be, well, this wasn't a real season. Uh, players, you know, they had the big two-month break or three-month break. Or five-month so, break. Five-month break, whatever it was. <laughs> whatever and, it is. 
I, I don't think it will. And I don't think it's going to be any surprise team. I don't think like the Suns or any team, even like the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, any team to actually, you know, surprise somebody. It's not going to happen like that. It's not going to be like a March Madness thing just because these teams already have the ones like the Lakers, the Clippers, they already have the best players in the world. So what's, what's going to be the difference between them getting ready in, instead of like a younger team or a team that isn't proven like the Suns? I don't think there's any difference. The only difference is, of course, they have the better players where in like a regular season or even a regular playoff format, they're going to win. So it's not going to be any surprise this year. It, whoever wins, the only thing is like if the Rockets win, it might be like, well, they, are, they only won because of this. But honestly, any team that wins is going to be that way. Well, so. but see, I think it depends on who wins. I really do. Like to oh, your you point, do? if the Rockets win, it'll always be referred to as a championship with an asterisk, right? Yeah. But if you have like the Lakers or the Bucks or the Clippers, or, you know, one of the heavy hitters, if one of them actually wins a championship, I don't think anybody in three or four years would be like, oh, yeah, but that was the season where, you know, things were really weird. They're like, oh, no, they were the best teams during the regular season. Then they came out and they proved it in the postseason. Because you look back, you look like the 1999 uh, San Antonio Spurs. You look at like the 2011 yeah. and 12 Miami Heat, both played in shortened seasons that only had 60 games in one instance and I think 50-something in the other. And no one ever goes back and go, oh, yeah, the Spurs won five championships, but one of them was in a lockout season. You know, LeBron won three championships or two championships with Miami, but one of them was in a lockout season. You never hear that argument. You never hear that, you know, well, LeBron's three and six in finals, but one of his wins was during a lockout season. Like, so I think as we get more distant from whoever the NBA champion is, the better chance there'll be some validity to it. Unless it's like the Rockets or the Suns. If the Suns somehow pull off the literal impossible and win the NBA championship, everybody will be like, oh, yeah, but COVID. Yeah, but I honestly think a championship championship. So I'm with you too. I I believe in it. I think it's Mm -hmm. going to be validated just because it's an NBA championship. So I, But the only thing is I really think that um, the way to look at it is all I think media fans, anybody that wins anything, they always take something away from it. You know, like the Warriors, they're just too good. They signed Kevin Durant. Even their first year they won it. I guess you can validate it because they were all homegrown there. Um, but I feel like there's always something taken away from every championship. That's America. So That's America. what you know, you yeah. know, you, you can't do anything positive without somebody trying to tear you down. So what do you think about the Suns' odds of actually even just making the playoffs? I mean, last I checked, it was like 500,000 to one. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely uh, ridiculous. Do you think they have a chance? No, I don't. Do you? <laughs> no. I don't. I th- it's funny because I saw uh, Bleacher Report put out an article and yeah. it was talking about like, you know, the winners and the losers from the new NBA 22 team plan. And yeah. the first thing they said is congratulations to the Phoenix Suns for making the return to action cut. They have the opportunity to play another eight regular season games and go right back home. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's going to be disappointing though, because what hurts for me the most is to watch like the Mavericks or like even the Memphis Grizzlies make it because of course they have players on there that, you know, kind of compete with the Suns in a way like Josh Jackson, Jaron Jackson Jr., maybe someone that was picked like behind Aiton. So I don't want to see those players or anybody succeed 
any further. So I kind of wish this never happened for that reason, mm-hmm. just because I would rather have a fresh start next season and see how the Suns do then instead of watching these teams, you know, succeed in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm rooting against those teams yes. more than I think that the Suns have a chance to do anything. I completely agree. I'm going to go on anti-Dallas, anti-Memphis in this. Yes. Which sucks because I kind of like Memphis. I do. Uh, yeah, I know. You know? Yeah, I do too. You know, but I mean, what are you going to do? I think it's, uh, you know, I think if they, like I said on the Megapod, you know, everybody was super optimistic. Suns are going to go six and two. Suns are going to go eight and zero. Suns are going to go seven and one. And then the realists were all like, eh, four and four. You know, and I was somebody who said, I think the Suns are going to go three and five. I think three and five is a victory for the Suns at this point. Going into a tournament in which you're playing with nothing but teams that are better than you, period. They're the 21st out of 22nd team. The only team that's behind them is the Washington Wizards. So, I mean, you're going against teams that are better than you. And if you can go out there and win three games at least, it's going to be a win. It's going to carry that momentum into next season. You're playing games that actually fucking matter. The first time in Devin Booker's career that he's ever going to play in games that actually matter. And that's what's important about this. Even though – the odds are stacked against us, and we probably don't have a chance to make it to the playoffs. They're going to feel what it's like to have true pressure put on them. And for yeah. that reason, I'm unbelievably excited. Yeah, me too. So with the NBA coming back and Adam Silver once again handling not just that, handling just everything overall, do you think he's not only the best commissioner in current sports, but the best commissioner ever? He's the most active commissioner, I can say, right? Like, there's nobody I can remember that has been in front of their league this much. I mean, I think it not, even, not even, like, his own league. Just in front of the fans, the media, everyone just loves this guy. Um, he's done so much for the, for the actual game itself to where I don't think it's comparable. Um, I think a lot of commissioners hide behind everything. You don't see really what, what they do. But I think, I think, I think Adam Silver really – is always there for interviews. He's always there, you know, first one to release news on what the NBA is doing, you know, how they handle any kind of situation. Uh, but, I mean, that's, that's just the way it's going to have to be from now on. These commissioners that come into any, any association is going to have to, or any, like, if NFL ever gets a new commissioner, which they won't, has to be <laughs> this, this kind of way, the way uh, Adam Silver is. I know, like, I before the season started, or I think it was – during the season, I thought he was losing the league a little bit. There was little things that I didn't like, but mm-hmm. compared to the overall good, he's definitely um, the best one I've seen. I think that Adam Silver compares to prime David Stern. When David Stern kind of first took over the NBA in the mid-'80s, he really transformed the product of the NBA. I mean, before that, it wasn't very popular. You had to watch playoff games on delay. Heck, you'd have to watch them like the next day and just to see them. So he really took the NBA and made it a global game. So I think that prime David Stern is probably the best commissioner we've ever had. I feel like the back end of his tenure was uh, something I'm not a big fan of, especially because it didn't benefit the Suns, a lot of his decisions. You look at uh, the NFL, I mean, it's always kind of been a shit show. You know, the commissioner essentially is is supposed to act as, you know, in between the owners and the players, you have the commissioner kind of making the rulings. And I feel like, you know, Roger Goodell is, uh, I mean, he's a punching bag, man, for 
people to make jokes about and, and analyze his job. And I'll tell you what, I don't think he does a fantastic job of it. Uh, they pay him $40 million a year. Do you know that? Yeah, I do know that. I didn't think it was that, that much. I, I wish thought... I could have that job for one year. $40 million? Yeah, $40 million for a year. Yeah. That's I mean... how much Roger Goodell gets paid. Are you sure it's $40 million a year? Yeah. I'm I almost it was forty million over a certain amount let's of years. See, but... let, let's Google. Let's see. I, Roger... I thought I heard. Yeah. Per year salary. Let's see what it says. Roger Goodell has given up his salary for the time being, according to Memo. Blah, blah, blah. Goodell, who earns approximately four to five million in salary, and whose total annual compensation is forty million. Wow. Forty million. This dude. Jeez. Uh, yeah. But you look at him, and you go through kind of the history of the. Uh, commissioners in the NFL. There's no one who really stands out to me as somebody who just like truly revolutionized and transformed the game. Baseball, Bud Selig is kind of, you know, known somewhat for that, but I don't think he was that great. I couldn't stand Bud Selig when he was a commissioner. I mean, anybody who decide who says, Hey games, the all-star game can end in a tie. And yeah, the all-star game determines home field advantage in the world series. I'm like, this is just, what concoction is this? This is dumb. actually, I wasn't too against that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but I, I never understood that. I mean, so you have the bottom of the ninth, and you got some scrub, you know, yeah. the last the last guy off the bench from the Florida Marlins who have no chance to get into the uh, the playoffs, determining whether or not you know the Dodgers are going to have home field advantage against the Red Sox. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. So, well, now that you put it that way, yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just <laughs> never understood it. You know, I get what they're trying to do is try to make people give a shit yeah. about the, the MLB All-Star game. But I'll tell you this too. The MLB All-Star game happens in the middle of July normally. It's the only thing to give a shit about. I mean, it's it not is. like it's competing yeah. with anything. So Now that's changed. Yeah. It won't, no. compete, won't be that anymore. <laughs> but I think, you know, uh, long-winded way to say, I think Adam Silver – if he's not the best commissioner in sports ever, he's right up there with prime David Stern. Yeah, he is. Um, I agree. I just, you could see on Roger Goodell's face, just how much he's been through. I, yeah. I don't, I don't blame. I feel like he's just held hostage. That's what I think. I think the guy is, he's hostage. He, he doesn't have an opinion. I'm sure he has his own opinion, but he'll never see it ever again. His own opinion about anything in that sport. <laughs> no, as we go into the playoffs, or I'm sorry, the, the playing tournament, what ideas do you have to make the NBA enjoyable for the fans? Because, I mean, I guess my first question, question is, do you think they're going to let us hear the players during the games? Well, it'll be time delayed. Yeah, it's going to have to be. Because you can't, unless they want to release the whole thing on HBO, which would be even better. That'd be awesome. Uh, that would be insane. If you can just have maybe one game a week on HBO. Um, I... The only thing I could think of, I can't think of anything. Like, I was going to ask you this. I just, I don't know what's going to, I would have to see the gym first, where they're actually playing. Mm -hmm. Because if it's just like an AAU court, what is it like? What, is it just like a regular indoor gym? All the games? Yeah, I think it's exactly is what it, just, it is. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think anything's going to help. I know they talked about the 2K sounds. The 2K sounds that they might use actually for the crowd. Uh, they can give that a shot, but besides that, I don't know. Do you have any ideas? Well, I heard a couple, and I heard one that I really liked was in an effort to create home court advantage, you have the sound guys for each team come up with kind of like their mix, and during a game, if you're like the home team, you get to play whatever audio you want within okay. reason, obviously. So 
when your team's on defense, you can, you know, defense. So you create that kind of simulated crowd noise on that. You're, you're playing the, the soundtrack that you want your team to play as they're going up the court. You know, everybody clap your hands. They do all that. So that way, from a sound standpoint, you know, if the Suns are the away team, they're hearing the opposition, you know, get tra- chanted for defense when, the, when they're on offense and things of that nature. So I thought that was one kind of interesting way to approach some sort of home court advantage as far as making the game um, more entertaining other than what it always is. I think you can really get some interesting crowd angles or camera angles because there's no crowd. I was just thinking that, you yeah. know, re- yep. they, they could really do something with, uh, and again, like you said, we have to see these gyms and see what they're made up of, but doing something with kind of the, the sky cam that football has, They've yeah, tried they tried it. that. Yeah, but it didn't yeah. really work. And I feel like with a bunch of fans right there, like you don't want to mess with that. But I think you could do something really cool. Like, I don't know, drone cameras or something. Yeah. Maybe no, they, they have the option. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty cool if you have like a drone camera or something. But then, of course, it would be unfortunate if somebody jacks up a three and then boom, they hit the drone. That would that would not be cool. It'll happen, too, because you don't know where they're shooting from. Yeah. So. Unless it's like the drone cams on the other side of the court at all times, it's just like the uh, the guy who mops up the sweat. He's on the yeah. other side all the time, you <laughs> yeah. know. So oh, they should put a cam on him. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, just like mop boy cam. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, terrible. So yeah, no ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but if you guys have any ideas, you know, email the show. Let us know what you're thinking. I think uh, we have like two months still to figure out when this is gonna, how it's gonna look and how it's gonna feel. Yeah, we'll um, start seeing some stuff soon though. Yes, yes, we will. Kellen Olson from uh, Arizona Sports ran a Twitter poll on who Suns fans would rather keep in this, you know, if the scenario was to happen. And it was Mikhail Bridges and Kelly Oubre Jr. So there was 200, I'm sorry. So there was 2,288 total votes for this. And at the end of the day, 52% of Suns fans said they wanted to keep Mikhail Bridges. 48% said they wanted to keep Kelly Oubre Jr. Are you surprised by these results and how close it was? Because the Suns are actually they're losing, it makes sense. Because the way it is, is when your team is losing and they're trying to find their way, you try to look more for the younger core. And I think what it is with Mikhail, he never really puts up the stats to where you're just like, you know, blown away. Ubre will have those games where Ubre will be the player of the game. We'll put up 30 points in a win, but it's a team as like a whole, a unit where they were actually healthy and they were actually winning consistently. Ubre would be um, the, he would be the majority of this where, where you would say, I want him in the, for the future with the Suns, And then you could trade away McKill to get something uh, more of a veteran player too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Suns are still developing, you try to find the younger core. And that's why I think Mikel was, picked a little bit over Kelly um, not too much but you, you can even tell by even everything we talk about with Suns everyone's on McHale's, uh nuts everyone wants mm-hmm. Mikel to stay with the Suns and you get maybe half and half like it shows right here but a little bit of the edge just like this poll shows Mikel is the future with the Suns well it's funny if you're a casual Suns fan you love Kelly Oubre Jr. like you absolutely love him if yeah. you are a Suns fan who watches every game and you're, you know, a, you're just a big fan of Mikel Bridges. He doesn't need the stats, but you know the intangibles. And I think it's kind of interesting that I just – I, I got to ask you this. Is Mikel Bridges on the all non-superstar Suns fans' favorite team? 
of all time. Of all time? No, yeah. I don't think so. Just well, because no, it's, I, this is the first year, right? I mean, it's the second year. I mean, think about that. Think about. The, I mean, like first good year. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. but, but 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 who's on that list? Okay, so so guys who are on the Suns who mm-hmm. are non superstars, but like Suns fans just absolutely love because that's who Mikael Bridges is. Every yeah. every Suns fan loves Mikael Bridges. Like if you mention trading Mikael Bridges in an article, you will get ripped to shreds. Because people love him. So, you know, who's, uh, who's on that list? I think, I think he's a top five all-timer for the Suns when it comes to that list of, like, just guys that you love. Like, don't touch him. Don't trade. Like, Rex Chapman. Yeah. Suns fans loved Rex Chapman. Elliot Perry. Suns fans loved Elliot Perry. There's no reason to really, you know, fall mm-hmm. in love with the guy. But you loved his personality. You loved what he brought to the game. You loved his tenacity. Lou Amundsen is another that comes to mind. Pat Burke-ish for that, like, 11 games. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of players that played with, like, Steve Nash in that era where they were all loved, but they just weren't superstars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, like, <clears throat> one guy that came to mind to me was uh, Boris Diaw. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, not until maybe this past year or two where I really appreciated what he brought to the Suns because it was a team torn apart, and then you got Boris Diaw, which wasn't really attractive. Like, not, not his physical stature. I'm just talking about his, you know, his game at the time. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. But now it's just like we underappreciated him. He was not a superstar, was never an all-star. But he was a guy that definitely was one of the all-time favorites now, I think. But even back then, I think a lot of people love that guy. What about uh, Cedric Sabalas? Uh, I wouldn't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But he's another, he's another one who, I mean, he wasn't a superstar. Yeah. But you just love, as Suns fans, you just loved him, man. You're like, don't trade Cedric Sabalas. How dare you? You know, don't, don't even mention. And I think that's where Mikel Bridges kind of falls on in. That, that's his, his persona with this team. You got Definitely. the superstar who's Devin Booker. You got the number one overall pick with DeAndre Ayton. You got the heart and soul of the team with Kelly Oubre. And then you got the guy who's like everybody's little brother. It's like, hey, man, leave him alone. Don't touch him, dude. He's like, he's ours. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you got that one exactly right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was just uh, – it was interesting to see 52% vote of Mikael Bridges. I actually thought it would be a little bit higher. I actually – yeah, me too. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, I don't know. Because a lot of people, when we did the around the horn thing with everybody, the Suns fans, yeah, a lot of them picked Kelly like as the best son, um, the, you know, the standout. MVP. A few picked Mikael, but I just – I don't know. I just think whenever we talk about the Suns, like you said, it's always save Mikel, just give away Uber. <laughs> so on our last podcast, we actually played Monty Williams' audio from his meeting with the media. Uh, that was super cool yeah. of Brightside to give us that audio and let us run that under the Suns Jam session format. So thank you, Brightside, for letting us do that. But it was really a fantastic listen. What, uh, what are your thoughts on what Monty said? Well, he's a very well-respected guy. You can tell. Um, I think that was always a question just because we're not used to coaches being so well-respected over here lately. Yeah. Um, but you can tell he has he has the locker room. He has the city. I think uh, the media loves him. I, you can just tell. There's never one bad thing said about him unless we're talking about his timeouts called. Um, <laughs> but he has a point to get across, and he got it across, I think, in this interview where he said a lot of great things. And I think the biggest thing he thought would – that he said was the education part of it where people just need to really teach and the people will honestly just need to listen to. Um, but he hit on everything. I think uh, the only thing I maybe would disagree on, which sucks is just the part about going out to vote and 
like Ice-T said, um, you know, both wings are part of the same bird. I don't know who you vote for to fix any situation really, but the whole educational part I think is very, very, um, a very, very big part in uh, the future of fixing what is going on right now. No, agreed. Agreed. And I think, yeah, Ice-T's right. You know, they're both wings on the same bird, but you got to vote. I mean, it's, I voted in every election my entire life. And I think that we have a voice and that's our opportunity in this democracy is to exercise that voice. Whether you think it counts or not, it counts. Like statistically it counts. So make sure you guys go vote. Um, I just think that it just, that whole interview just showed again why Monty Williams was easily the best hire. I mean, I absolutely love Monty Williams. I didn't, you're right. No one ever dogs him. He doesn't, you can't talk shit about him unless it's like putting Elliot Kobo in the game. I and mean, he just, he's so <laughs> yeah. well respected by the fans, the media, the players. Yeah. And it's just so nice to have that. You just hope that he's one of those guys who starts to get this team to be successful on the court so he, we can stick around and have him for a while. Yeah, he, from the, from the very jump, even with James Jones, you just, you know, they're well respected. Anybody that runs with LeBron now in the NBA that's part of that family where they're just well trusted friends and teammates, like, you know, you're going to get something from that as a franchise. You have to because they're not Monte Williams, but James Jones was part championships. And I think Monte is learning a lot from James Jones too, even though Monte is the older, the older guy in the situation. But Monte has a lot to learn, too, from being back in the league. Uh, he never really had that much success before, but I think just him taking over a young team and uh, him and James Jones behind this team in the city, it's something different. I think that they're really going to build something together, and that's the one positive I can take, and especially from the interview. You can just hear – I mean, all his interviews are great, but just on this certain subject, you can hear just how much he means, I feel like, to the players. Oh, Amen. Uh, speaking of guys who aren't really well respected in the greater Phoenix area, <laughs> uh, Ryan McDunn is under consideration for the Pistons general manager job. Yeah. Well, this, I don't know. These things are tough because it's like the guys he chose to be a son's player. Um, are they hard to like kind of let go because you're scared they're going to be good somewhere else. That's the thing with me. It's like, I don't want to see, I like Josh Jackson. I've always liked him, but I don't want him to be that great. I mean, if he's good, that's fine. Same thing with Ronnie McDonough. It's kind of like, well, if he goes somewhere else and is successful, of course, we always knew it was the owner. Yeah. But I, I wish him success. It's just I don't think you can really give him a bad rap from my take just because I always – maybe it was because I was younger or something. I always agreed with everything he did here until it just fell apart, like terribly fell apart. But every sign – like every sign guy – every guy he would sign, every trade – Anything every he draft did, pick. every draft pick, I always agreed with. And I don't know why, maybe because I'm just that big of a Suns fan. I want it to work, but I always just decided, like, he's making the right choice. I always trusted him when he came over from Boston. But everything just fell apart. I honestly don't think he'll be that bad of a general manager somewhere else. That's just me. I just, you know, if you're going to go someplace to be a general manager of Detroit, that's got to be tough, man, because that's another shitty franchise. You know, I, yeah, I, get, right. I, I get what you're saying about him. Uh, I didn't support a lot of his decisions. I really didn't. Okay. Uh, but I always liked him because I thought he came from a good pedigree. You know, he came from that Boston culture. I, yeah. uh, di I didn't like some of his draft picks. I didn't like what he did moving around in the draft because then he got players that – I mean, I can't – every one of the players that he drafted was not the number one guy I wanted, to, I wanted the Suns to draft that year. Every time. 
So to your point, as a Suns fan, I still blindly had hope with, you know, Ryan McDonough and be like, okay, man, you know, I don't yeah. agree with it, but Ryan McD, you're the guy in charge. Let's make this work. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out for him. I thought he was extremely well-spoken. I thought, uh, you know, whenever he was on Burns and Gambo, I enjoyed listening to that. Uh, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out for him here. And, you know, maybe he does get the job with the Pistons GM. And unlike former players, I'm okay if Ryan McDonough does well. <laughs> yeah. You know? There you go. And, and former yep. players, I, I'm okay if they do well. As long as they don't yeah. do well against the Suns, I don't care. If Josh Jackson goes out and turns out to be a great guy, yeah, it sucks that we let him go. But you know what? You can't want guys to suck. You yeah. Know? You're right. you, can't, you can't hope for the worst for the guys. You can just hope for the worst when they're playing against you. Be like, hey, Josh Jackson, it's good to see you're back in the league. You're yeah. playing well, but uh, but don't light us up for 30. But what happens? These guys go on to other places. They suck, and then they come and play Phoenix, and they beat the shit out of us. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. And I think Josh is the only one that has a chance to maybe be an all-star. Maybe. Man, keep hoping. And if that happens, then they'll be like, well – what happened with the Suns? Why did they not keep him? It's yeah. like, well, we had no choice but to get rid of him. There was no other choice. If he ever becomes an all-star, you can finally say to me, I told you so. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guaranteed that. <laughs> yes, you did. Once yeah. that draft happened, you're like, he's going to be guaranteed he's an all-star. I'm like, oh, well, I remember that, buddy. I've never been that ex- more excited in my life. <laughs> uh, well, I've been watching a lot of non-Suns basketball, historical and otherwise, during this quarantine. Yeah. And it got me – thinking about a couple questions that I'd pose to you. Who's your favorite non-Phoenix son of all time? All time, like going back, back, my, one of my favorite guys to watch and highlights. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the games per se, but it's just probably Larry Bird. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, it's weird because like there's, when I first like, started finding out about Bill Simmons like 10 years ago, I knew Larry Bird was his best player. So I used to watch highlights all the time. And then like, <laughs> there was this one where it was highlights of uh, Larry Bird. And then it was the song in the background was, uh, it was Eminem sing for the moment, the remake. Or, like, with, and it was like, and I thought it was the most badass video ever. And that's what like, got me hyped on it. But honestly, it's Larry Bird or else you can on it from even all time to now, LeBron James, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew you, you love, watching LeBron I mean because that, that was my second question is like who's your favorite non-son playing in the NBA currently so it sounds like LeBron's the answer for both of yours with a little Larry Bird in there right yeah and then also I'd go Harden and Clay Thompson for currently okay. Harden okay. I love Harden I love Clay Thompson yeah I think the reason I thought of this question is I was watching uh, god it was the Heat versus the San Antonio Spurs I want to say it was 2013 NBA Finals. It was like game five or something. I, was, I just happened to be watching the other day. And it was with a young Kawhi Leonard. And he went off and had like 30-something points. And they're like, you yeah. know, this guy's growing before our eyes. And I think Kawhi Leonard's probably my favorite non-Phoenix son to watch in the NBA. I love watching Kawhi Leonard. Now that he's not a spur, I thoroughly enjoy watching him. Yeah, that's a good choice because he's not. And who hates the, who hates the Clippers? nobody like man. you can't hate them yeah it's like uh the chicago cubs i'm like yeah. i always said that before the cubs won the world series i'm like you're un american if you hate the cubs or you're a st louis cardinals fan like yeah you know they've never done anything to anybody you know the clippers are the same thing they've never done anything to anybody to hate them yeah and also Kawhi is kind of anointed the secret like sneaky uh, uh michael jordan comparison yeah because you have got that, that defensive game yeah and it, a lot of his game is replicated and I think 
that's a good reason <laughs> to yeah. like him the most, man. He's just um, got that kind of killer instinct. You know, not very vocal, uh, but just no. really fun to watch. You watch him play on both fine. sides of the court, and yeah, it's kind of crazy. And I, I, you know, again, I was thinking of that. And I was like, you know what? I really enjoy Ka- Kawhi Leonard. So, of all time, that's your favorite? No, of all times, Jordan. I mean, come on. Oh, Jordan. Yeah. I, I was I trying don't to know th- why I asked that. <laughs> I know. I, I, well, I was trying to think of a couple, a couple other ones that I thoroughly enjoyed their careers, and I was big fans of um, yeah. Reggie Miller. I always was a big Reggie Miller fan. Penny Hardaway, but he became a son. But I loved oh. Penny. I loved Penny. Um, and then if you look into the, the two thousands, God, who was, who was somebody that I thoroughly enjoyed watching back then? <sighs> KD, when he first came in the league, Yeah, you know, Allen Iverson. Oh yes. I loved yeah. Allen Iverson, man. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Allen Iverson. Yeah. He's on that Mount Rushmore for me of like top four guys who are not Phoenix Suns who yeah. I absolutely loved watching play. Allen Iverson was just breaking ankles left and right man he was thoroughly fun to watch how about we drop the audio for dumb trade of the week dumb trade of the week thankfully we don't have any new trade thoughts i was going through and just seeing if anybody had uh any new bullshit trades that involved the suns this week and i think that Mm -hmm. with the nba announcing that it's coming back nobody's spending time anymore trying to create funny content where the suns have to give up devin booker for like three first round picks so we don't have to yeah. deal with the dumb trade of the week, huh? Well, honestly, I enjoyed those, so it's too bad because I en- I enjoy talking about those. I don't know why. I know. That's <laughs> I, always... I just love talking about those trades. Well, it always just ends up where I – but if you just throw Kelly Oubre in there, it'll work, yeah. right? Right. Yep. <laughs> That's how it always goes. So, The Athletic actually had some layoffs. Uh, Gina Mazzell, yeah. who's actually the Suns beat writer for The Athletic, was laid off a couple days ago, and that sucks, man. Gina – has provided some fantastic content on The Athletic pertaining to the Suns, had a lot of great interviews with the players, and just gives you a lot of great insight to the team. And yeah. that voice has now been silenced. That kind of sucks, doesn't it? That's heartbreaking, too. It's uh, even here, too, like she's the most hardworking reporter for the Suns. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a lot of people would admit to that. And I think that it just, I don't know, it, it doesn't have anything to do, doesn't have to do a lot with journalism, because a lot of, businesses right now are letting people go and downsizing so i don't think it has anything to take away from journalism writing anything that you might see as an article on the web does it take anything away from uh like the writing and stuff you see on the internet anything of course newspapers newspapers are behind us but uh journalism as a whole i don't think is anything that we're gonna you know um get rid of in the future things that are going to be overlooked especially writings because you write articles, huge articles, like massive whale size articles a lot all, all the time. And I think people still enjoy them. And I think that with these layoffs, I don't think it's anything really to take to heart as like maybe someone that's eventually wants to be a writer and, you know, continue the dream of being that. Cause I think it'll always be around because books still are, I think a big thing, right? Like, I don't think I don't know, it just got me to, it just got me thinking like hopefully writing doesn't go away and, I just hope that, uh, you know, these jobs aren't scarce in the future, but I, I doubt that. I just think it's a big part of the big whole um, stuff that's going around. <laughs> what am I even fucking saying? I don't, I don't know, man. That's, that's, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the highlight of the, uh, the podcast is Matthew saying, uh, books, they're a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, I get what you're saying. You know, jur- journalism isn't dead, essentially is what you're trying to say. 
Well, just uh, writing. Journalism is yeah. always going to be there. I just think yeah. the whole writing aspect. And writing of it. is too. Gina didn't get let go because of yeah. bad writing. Sports I didn't il- think that. Oh, sports mind. sports Illustrated got rid of a ton of people two yeah. months ago. You know, unfortunately, this pandemic, yeah, they're trying to navigate how to, you know, effectively provide journalistic insight <laughs> in a profitable manner. And, you know, it just sucks because Gina was, again, a good one. And yeah. We're not going to hear from her anymore. Well, yeah, and the, the No Dunks podcast, though, that's part of the athletics, so they're still there. So that's good. Yeah. So, well, how about our mailbag, huh? Is it mailbag time? Let's get into it. All right. Let's how about you, re- you read the first one? Our right, first question is from Vladimir Babin. I'm pretty sure uh, this is some person that's repeated. Mm-hmm. I, I'm familiar name. Yeah. Would you rather the Suns give Joe Johnson his extension in 2005? Or the Suns pay Sean Marion what he wants in 2007. Ooh. What is your answer, John? Ooh, oh, I mean, it's an easy one, right? Pay Joe yeah, Johnson. Yeah, pay Joe Johnson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pay Joe Johnson. Pay Joe Johnson, man. One of the best teams we ever had. Yeah, keep that And together. we had Sean Marion on that team. <laughs> so. Well, and think about it. If you pay Joe Johnson his extension and they go out and they win the NBA championship, maybe Sean Marion wants to stick around a little bit later. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, I'll, hang, I'll hang out a bit. You got that championship, yeah. But then so. he would want, but then he would want his money, and then he would go well, somewhere. Well, but we would have got a championship more. out of it. Yeah, that's know? all I want. Because if we pay I'm Sean Marion his money in 2007, I don't think at that point that the Suns are going to go out and win a championship in 2008, 9, 10, or 11. Yeah, I don't think so either. Me neither. How about this next question from Harish? Uh, who should the Suns try to bring back first in the off season? Baines or Saric? Saric. I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that one too. We talked about this before, I believe. It's I just believe so. Whether he wants to be the sixth man or no, uh, that's in how much we're going to give him. But Baines is not coming back for sure, I don't think. And I don't see how he'll mesh well with this team uh, given the size of the contract yeah. that we'll have to pay him financially meshing well. You know, as a player, he meshes great with the team. But you bring Baines back, exactly. he, that, that is a hefty contract you're going to have to have on your books for a backup center. Whereas Sarge, you can bring him back, and if he's playing a backup power forward, you're going to pay him probably around $9 million, which is a lot more affordable than at least 18 which is probably what Aaron Baines is going to get out of that last deal of his career. So I think so, too. And I think he's going to go to the Bucks. Ooh, that, yes. Yeah, I, I think the Clippers. I think, oh, that's what I was going to say, the Clippers. But Boom. then I was like, but then I just said the Bucks, and I forgot they had the Lopez twin brothers on yeah, that Yeah, they got like so 17 footers over there. Up? Yeah, I know. How are you going to break that up? Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking. Um, (laughs) so my last question for you before we end this podcast, I mean, it's June 7th and we kind of have an idea of which way the league's going to go now. Who wins the NBA title, man? Oh, I think the Lakers still win for Mm -hmm. sure. And I, I still think the Clippers, what should we bet on it? Anything? I don't know. What, uh, what should we bet? I buy you season tickets next year. To what? To, to the Rattlers. Okay. I was going to like... Lindale Rattlers. I was going to like buy you some In-N-Out Burger or something if I lost. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, you know, Let's uh, do that. Lunch bet. How about that? All right. We can video ourselves eating. Okay. And, and then put it on the pod. And then 14 people will watch it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, and if nobody wins, uh, then we don't buy in each other. We never buy each other lunch for the rest of our lives. All right. If neither the Clippers or the Lakers win. That sounds good. Sound good? 
Yeah. Anything, anything else you got for this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast, Amigo? Uh, I got nothing else. Just uh, everybody hang in there, stay home, and love your family, or go out and love your family. Or just love your family, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> take, take care.